Welcome to Accelerate OC, the only show focused on the people leading innovation in Orange County. Join our host, Carrie Ransom, and his conversations with the trendsetters, entrepreneurs, investors, and leaders here. Good morning. Welcome to Accelerate OC. I'm Carrie Ransom. And thanks always to our engineer, Paul, for making me and my guests sound so good. Today's episode is sponsored by OC4 Venture Studio, which is a new tech startup company building platform and community here in Orange County that I have the privilege of being a part of. If you are looking for help with your startup or opportunities to work with the next generation of entrepreneurs and high growth companies, or you're just curious and want to be part of the Orange County startup community, you can go to oc4v.com to learn more. I am really happy, finally, to get my friend Jeff Bocan here on Accelerate OC today. And before we get to hear from Jeff, hear some of his great stories and, and wisdom, let me tell you a little bit about him. So he is currently a partner at Okapi Venture Capital, which is actually his second stint as a VC. And Okapi is one of the most prominent venture firms here in Orange County and really even in Southern California. Uh, he, prior to that, had joined one of his investments when he was previously a VC, uh, a company here called Mofi. And that is actually what got him here to Orange County, I believe, several years mm -hmm. ago. And he helped uh, join the senior team there and lead Mofi as it went from about $10 million in revenue when he got there to over $250 million in revenue. And then eventually he helped execute a strategic sale in 2016, so a few years ago, to a publicly listed company called Zag. And before Mofi, as I mentioned, he was, had been a venture capitalist for, I think it was about 13 years, at a company or a firm called Berengia, where he sourced or led at several of the investments in the dozens across their really large portfolio. So over his career, Jeff's invested in over 40 companies. He sat on or been a part of 30 or more boards. So he has extensive experience and, and has seen a lot from a, a range of examples to draw from. Uh, and he also had a time where he was a, a content creator. He was a contributing blogger at a point to the Huffington Post. So we may uh, have to talk a little bit about that today. He's been really active here in the Orange County startup community since he got here over the last several years. And, and I've really enjoyed a lot of the, the conversations and, uh, and the relationship that we've been able to build. And, uh, you know, we also we have a unique uh, relationship as well because we got to coach youth basketball against yes. each other as we both have sons that are uh, very similar age. And that's always fun to be able to to do things at that level in the community too. Jeff, it's great to have you here on the show today. Yeah, thanks a lot, Kerry. Really happy to be here. Awesome. Well, let's get to the starting line. So I know some folks probably are aware of Okapi, but you know, share with the the audience the story of Okapi and, and where the firm is and, and focus areas today. Sure. So at a high level, we are a seed stage focus fund. Uh, focused on investing in tech companies. So it's usually software driven companies, but we do some consumer companies as well. And we're really, f and we invest about half a million to one and a half million dollars on our first check out of the gate. We are usually the first institutional round that a, a company has done. They've usually raised some friends and family money or they bootstrapped it pretty far. Maybe they had some angel funding and then, you know, we will do that next round where if it's, you know, half a million to, it could be a $4 million round with us a substantial chunk of that. We, uh, we really focus on companies in Southern California. 
Uh, and I'll come back into the, the kind of origin story of Okapi because it was really centered around Orange County. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've since expanded to cover more of Southern California, but of, uh, of our current fund that we're investing from, we've made 18 investments in the last less than three years. It's and it's a lot. Yeah, it's been good. Uh, and all of them are in Southern California, from Santa Barbara down to San Diego. Mm-hmm. And then we actually have one in San Luis Obispo, but we, we count okay. them in. They're kind of like Santa a... Santa Barbara-ish. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're a little bit of an orphan in the middle of the state. Mm-hmm. But we will count that one as Southern California. It's non-Bay Area, but uh, that's a lot of the focus for mm-hmm. us on the investment front. The firm, we're one of the longest standing um, venture firms in Southern California. Mm-hmm. The firm started in 2005 and actually spun out of Octane. Mm-hmm. And it was kind of uh, really... I don't think a lot of people probably know that or remember that. But yes, I, I know that well. Yeah. So uh, it got going at, at that time. So a lot of the original backers of, of Octane were some of the CEOs uh, of tech companies in this area. And they were really, they thought it was great that they're doing some of the community building, but there was no capital. Mm-hmm. And to be honest, there's still a, a shortage of capital. We'll talk about that yeah, later. Yeah, I think there's less now than there was in 2005. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And, and it's, uh, it's still a challenge. Um, there was a lack of a, you know, an early stage focused venture firm mm-hmm. here in Orange County. So they created it. It was um, from scratch. So, but like some of these folks got together and, uh, they ended up uh, pulling my partner, Mark Averett, out of Intel. Mm-hmm. He had been living in Orange County, working for Intel for a while, and was kind of advising them on setting up this venture firm because he was doing a lot of investments and in M&A work for Intel at that time. And he was you know, in touch with them. They were, this group was trying to loop Intel into this mm-hmm. effort to kind of get this fund up and going. And Mark said, look, Intel's not going to support it, but I'll do what I can to help. And that turned into them saying, look, will you actually just run this? Mm-hmm. And for him, it was really compelling. Uh, he was just excited about the opportunity here. And you got it going in 2005. And, and that first fund was focused half of its investments on healthcare and half on technology. Mm-hmm. We've since kind of moved away from doing healthcare. Mark brought in his partner, Sharon Stevenson, from Domain Associates in the early days. And on the first couple of funds, they did, she did the healthcare deals. Mm-hmm. What we found is that healthcare is just, you know, we have small funds, they're sub $50 million funds. Uh, the medical device space is very capital intensive and it takes a really long time to Certainly get your products to market. To tech, yeah. Yes. And uh, if you you know are writing checks, you know one, two, three million dollars, you end up being in a position where you're really passive in the companies. Mm-hmm. You know they're going to raise fifty to hundred million, and you know that really wasn't our model was to kind of be along for the ride late in the stages of the company. So we've shifted completely to technology investments. Mm-hmm. So we're investing from our third fund now and moving on to our fourth, and we can talk about that later. Mm-hmm. Uh, but now it's hundred percent tech focused, and you know we've the first fund invested hundred percent in Orange County. But it only did 10 deals, you know, in a five-year period. And and this is, you know, we'll talk more about it, but you know, 15 years ago, there, were, <laughs> there wasn't as many startups. Uh, there mm-hmm. was many startups around here. So there was a little less to choose from. There's a lot more now, but they really struggled deploying a fund just in Orange County mm-hmm. and, and doing it successfully. The fund did okay, but not, not great, uh, that first fund. The second fund broadened its reach to cover more of Southern California, mm-hmm. still did about half the deals in Orange County, and that fund's done phenomenal. Uh, we'll talk about some of the things later, but CrowdStrike was our, our really big win that mm-hmm. we had in that That's fund. That's an Orange County started company that sort of moved its headquarters at a point uh, to yeah, that was almost Northern more California, but it was more, yeah, I agree. It was more of a marketing, or it seemed to be more of a marketing. Yeah. Thing. But uh, yeah, and the leg, you know, cybersecurity is a real strength this area, and we can talk about mm-hmm. that further too. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, that was a huge win for us in fund two. 
and with Fund Three, we've continued to focus on Southern California. We've done about a third of our deals in Southern in Orange County mm-hmm. directly. So we're we're focused on the region. I want to do more in Orange County. I live here in Newport Beach, mm-hmm. so the shorter I have to, if I can stay off the 405, I'd Absolutely. be really happy. Absolutely. Um, so I'd love to do more deals here. Well, there's a natural, obviously, we've talked about this off the air, but there's a natural connection between what we're doing at OC4 on, on trying to address that supply side of, yes. of getting more companies uh, up and going that are venture scale, venture ready. Yep. And so uh, that's the great hope is that we have more of that lineage of partners and capital in place so that we can take a company all the way through. That's what's obviously worked in other ecosystems. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah, no, it's really essential. There's this continuum of resources, not only capital, but, you know, consulting and experience and even just uh, the real estate element Mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, having space where people can, one, one, collaborate with other people easily but also just not spend a huge amount of money right. in those early days when you're you know you want as much as many of your dollars to go into product as you mm-hmm. can and not into rent uh and other kind of overheads and uh having all of those pieces in place are really important and mm-hmm. we have elements of that here and the beginning seeds um but we have a ways to go that's right that's right and i think we all know that but there's a i think greater attention at least i've been here 16 years mm-hmm. and there's a greater attention to those details and those needs i think now than at least what i've seen previously so that's yep. i think encouraging where maybe in the past people thought this is they could point to one thing and say this is what we need we need capital and everything else will be good i think it's i think there's finally a recognition that the disconnectedness mm-hmm. uh, and the siloed activities there's a lot of well-intended people well-intended activities mm-hmm. that are happening but without that connectivity it's really it's just held things down from a scale and yeah repeatability and uh, i mean I, I see people spending inordinate amounts of time on finding an attorney or right. recruiting you know one employee who uh is is important but that return on effort and time mm-hmm. and, and you talked about you know resources or consultants or advisors or others that that just Somehow those aren't all getting connected together in a repeatable, systemic way. So I think that's I've, I've at least seen the recognition of that as a as something that gives me a lot of encouragement that that we're going to hopefully move forward quickly this year, next year. Yeah, we have a lot of the raw ingredients in place, yeah. and a lot of regions don't. You know, I actually. I, you didn't mention this in the bio, nor should you have. But like, I don't know if you know it exactly. But uh, you know, I, a part of my venture career when I was at Beringia, I was in the state of Michigan mm-hmm. for about five years, and we had raised. This was at, right at the as the recession had kind of started uh, in two thousand eight. And Michigan was in a recession before mm-hmm. the rest of the country. Absolutely. Yeah, folks may not remember, but you know, General Motors had gone bankrupt, and the that impact cascaded through that economy in such a massive way and not only Michigan built the whole Midwest but they had this huge dependence on the automotive sector mm-hmm. and it was a massive wake-up call to really all of the major stakeholders in that region that they can't they need to break this dependence on the mm-hmm. auto sector mm-hmm. and they wanted to you know, have solutions for that so they created there literally was about a billion dollars that moved from both government you know public and private money to help solve the problem, and it did it in a lot of different ways, and we can kind of get into it. But you know, they were focused on 
diversifying the economy into technology, mm-hmm. healthcare, and clean tech at that time, which mm-hmm. were you know, made sense for that region given the manufacturing base that they had there mm-hmm. and the and strong engineering talent for the auto sector. Um, but it. You know, you hear this. It takes a village sort of comment. There are a lot of pieces that needed to come in place, and that were in sync. Uh, and I'm normally not like a big government sort of person, but like the government in Michigan actually did a pretty good job of uh, keeping people aligned uh, and getting the interests focused. And um, it really channeled all these disparate efforts. Or what, what we have here are a lot of disparate efforts right. that are not coordinated. That's right. There, they had a very coordinated effort. Mm-hmm. Uh, it wasn't totally tops down, but sure. it was, you know, they really focused on getting the, the, the active mm-hmm. people together. And there was a lot of money that to make things happen. So a lot of startups got funded that wouldn't have gotten funded otherwise. Mm-hmm. There were just community building activities. You know, the universities were really leveraged in a way that I don't think we're leveraging the universities here mm-hmm. in Orange County the way that we mm-hmm. could or should. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, there's a lot of pieces that came into place, and there's their economy be, is, yeah. is really improved tremendously. I mean, people may not follow like what's happened mm-hmm. in Detroit alone, but like it went from a place that in 2008 you didn't want to end up <laughs> at night, mm-hmm. you know, unless you knew exactly where you're going. And now, you know, people are, are moving down there all the time, and it's mm-hmm. it's it's starting to really thrive here. But we here we, we just have like untapped potential that That's we right. haven't realized yet. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I, I've been very vocal on a lot of my episodes about it. It is, I think, um, we see all the early signs that we can get ahead of the turnaround before it gets too, too deep. I don't think yep. we ever become Detroit, from my perspective. No, as no, I, right. as I say, you know, it's never going to stink to live where we live. But for my kids, they want to see. I think ten years from now, they want to see a dynamic place that they can see some sense of opportunity and hope for a future life yep. that's not a live by the beach and be comfortable. They want to go, you know, mine are, mine are all going to be pushed, at least by me, to go go take on big problems and try and change the world in a positive way. And every ingredient is here in Orange County to be able to do that. To your point, um, it's easy to be disconnected and, and maybe complacent about it mm-hmm. and i think the vision that it, i see cla really being a key contributor to but a lot of other people are now paying attention and saying okay we're not creating the right kinds of jobs we're not yep. future-proofed from a economy standpoint let's look at the assets that we have let's make investments in the right area i think we're we're going to struggle here because we don't have a state government that is looking to help orange county Yep. So we've got to figure out a more creative way to finance it and um, get people excited about it. But the, the need is, I think, very instructive to take some of the learnings from mm-hmm. what happened in places like Michigan. Or I looked at you know, what happened in Massachusetts with the Mass Challenge 10 years ago. And this had just a profound impact on the Boston and, and greater Boston area over the last 10 years. And say, we, we have all the ingredients, as you mm-hmm. said. Um, let's just get intentional about it, and I think we can make really meaningful progress. Yeah, and I think, I mean, yes, the state is not going to help Orange County per se, mm-hmm. whereas in, in Michigan it was a statewide yes. effort. But Orange, the Orange, the Orange County government itself mm-hmm. can help, That's and right. I've not seen, I'm not aware of them being particularly no. helpful in that not regard. Yet, I don't think. I think and, right. and then even city by city, there are mm-hmm. things that can be done. I mean, even with that Michigan fund that we had. You know, our biggest investors were it was the pension funds of the city and state mm-hmm. employees. I mean, it's literally the DMV 
workers pension mm-hmm. fund that was helping recycle their dollars in their community mm-hmm. and that was an issue that these pension funds were investing into bay area vent- venture mm-hmm. firms mm-hmm. M- you know boston area venture mm-hmm. firms but not in the midwest mm-hmm. and they weren't re- you know dollars weren't going to work in their community weren't creating this situation where you know it could be jobs for the you know, the children and grandchildren of these pensioners. Mm-hmm. And there is that opportunity mm-hmm. here. I mean, the city right. of Irvine employees, they, they have a pension fund. Mm-hmm. You know, those dollars can get liberated to, I'm not saying move all of it sure. into Orange oh, County course. Tech yeah, yeah. and D.C., but, yep. but even 2% of it yep. would actually go a really long way. Oh, absolutely. Well, and, and you think about it. I had, uh, so the chairman of, of the CEO Leadership Alliance was on my show last week mm-hmm. and we started down this path so I, I think while we're on this topic i'd love to get your perspective on it we, we started on this path of talking about really money flows and i think what we have here over the last several decades is the, the amount and I, I look at it very simply and say okay do i believe there's more wealth resident in orange county now than 10 years ago and i think anybody you talk to would say absolutely yes yeah but over the last 10 years, we have not created the right kind of jobs. And we have fewer startups with less venture capital, less mm-hmm. capital being invested into the future economy now than 10 years ago. So the money is not going to the right places to invest in our future. And so somehow we need, whether it's these pension funds or whether it's all this real estate money that's mm-hmm. getting invested out of state, and the wealth's coming back here, but even a portion of those winnings aren't getting reallocated into the backyard, or you have people that are investing in venture firms that are outside of the area for diversification, wealth preservation, but not having any impact on our backyard. And it's, how, do, how do you, in your mind, it's a long sort of preamble, but how in your mind do we really help people understand because I do believe people care about Orange County and they want to see a thriving Orange County but maybe they just don't understand how they can help how do we help people understand that that flow of money is critical to how a microeconomy like in Orange County works yeah I think it's through a lot of I mean I completely agree with everything that you say and, and I, I think it's going to be through a lot of you know, really converse I think it's going to have to just be repeated conversation where people are going to have to hear it over and over again and understand that they can actually be part of the solution. Yes. But they also need to understand that it's not a quick fix. Mm-hmm. Like this takes a long time. Mm-hmm. And and one thing that's been a little frustrating, uh, you know, as someone like you know, as entrepreneurs need to raise money to fund their businesses, we need to raise capital so we can ha- that we can have to sure. then in turn invest in the company. So I'm fundraising mm-hmm. you know, every couple years. Uh, we're in the process of doing that now and. Mm-hmm. I think that's a little frustrating with some of the folks that have, because there has been a huge amount of wealth creation in Orange County in the last decade, mm-hmm. but it's been through real estate for the most part. You know, it, people that were liquid or at least savvy and invested at, in the downturn, and they crushed it. Yes. And for, for a lot of these people, they're like, "Well, I made my money in real estate. I understand real estate, David so I just want to keep investing in real estate," which right. I, I can kind of understand. However, it's it doesn't have this long term view in mind mm-hmm. that you just talked about there not only for those who are investing in real estate locally you know if there aren't people who can buy your homes rent your apartments right. lease your office buildings you know we, we need to have this mm-hmm. you know a vibrant uh, ecosystem and it's not just about collecting rents right. uh, you know there you need to have a, a vibrant economy. i think 
some of those people will get it over time, sure. and we just need to keep hammering at them. Sure. I don't, I don't know. If, I mean, I, I, there could be tax incentives. There could be some of these things that make it easier for them to, um, uh, you know, to move forward with some of the, sure. those ideas. But yeah, those are hard to pull off, and often have unintended consequences, and can be games. So I, I think it needs to hopefully just come right through those conversations. Yeah, great. Great and, and ideally leadership. We just need one or two people to stand up and do it. I mean, it, I don't want to call it the Irvine Company, but like if if they don't do this kind of stuff, they don't invest in, mm-hmm. in into tech companies. If they did, it could move the needle tremendously, mm-hmm. and I think it would in- inspire others. I mean, I think uh, what Emil's doing at Five Points is start. He's starting to take the lead, and and I, I applaud what he's doing. And uh, they're starting to get more involved and embrace this ecosystem. Um, we need more of that. And I, I think the potential is here. Mm-hmm. But you know, some of the big people need to step up and lead by example. Yeah, that's great. Great input. So let's let's transition back to the Okapi a little bit and go under under the hood. So you talked about uh, 18 investments out of Fund 3. Mm-hmm. Are you guys still investing from Fund 3? I know you're, you're working on Fund 4 mm-hmm. as well. So what, where are things... We are still, yeah, we're still investing from Fund 3. Uh, We've got a reserve to do, and our model shows we do maybe two more deals. Mm -hmm. But some of that really depends on what's happening with the other 18 companies. Uh, You know, really every couple weeks we're... Met, you know, weighing what's happened in those in in across that portfolio for those individual companies that make us maybe want to put more capital into them than we had originally intended mm-hmm. or less. Mm-hmm. I mean, sometimes like there can be a fatal flaw, co-founder leaves, something happens. You're like, oh man, we we're done with this business, mm-hmm. and that will conf- but we would have had reserves for it that may free up some reserves that can go to another sure. business. So we're constantly balancing that really every couple of weeks. So my partners and I will sit down and like look at our reserve model. Mm-hmm. But right now we're planning on doing two more deals uh, in this calendar year. And uh, we will start investing from our fund forward this calendar year. Okay. So uh, we will, you know, we're raising our fund for now. Uh, we'll be closing that relatively soon. And we'll st- hopefully it'll be pretty seamless be- you know, between adding companies 19 and 20 and then mm-hmm. moving in. Let's, let's talk about a couple of key constituents. Uh, um, one, if people are interested in learning more about uh, investing in, in the fund, at this point still open to invest in Fund 4 if people are interested from, obviously, accredited investor standpoint. Yeah, I mean, yeah. We, yeah, we have pr- relatively high minimums yes. for individuals. I mean, we're the way our fund's set up, we're only allowed to have uh, 100 investors, mm-hmm. and we have a fair amount already. Mm-hmm. So uh, we're you know, obviously trying to get... Sure. Make the most of those remaining slots that we have mm-hmm. open, but we, you know, we we do, you know, the fund really got started on the back of high net worth individuals, mm-hmm. uh, local Orange County high net worth individuals, and a couple, uh, co- you know, Orange County corporations, as I mentioned, and we still have a lot of those individuals with us from fund one, two, three, and, and now into yeah, four, which has been awesome. Uh, so we're, we're happy to you know bring on some more folks. So yes, uh, we're open to that and. Sorry, was that that was, that so that was one, and then yeah. the other. Obviously, the more probably prevalent uh, constituent here in my audience it are the entrepreneurs or aspiring yep. entrepreneurs. So you talked about where you typically enter. Uh, what what do you look at as the best way? I mean, people often will ask me, you know, what's the best way to approach uh, a venture capitalist? Mm-hmm. Do I approach them when I'm ready? To raise funds, and I'm already sort of opening my round. Should I try to build the relationship earlier on when I'm just getting my business off the ground? What 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 do you suggest is sort of the best way for you personally, and then maybe as a person who's been a veteran of the VC world for a long time, yeah. What what advice would you share to to the audience? Because I know they will be 
very keen to to sure yeah so i mean i think there's a lot of ways to get to to that end point and they all can be successful the the best way is to at least in from my experience is to actually start the conversation before you're actually raising the capital you know it's just it's hard if no one's met you before and they get a pitch deck and you're kind of asking kind of to get married mm-hmm. you know off of that first I got one of those email. last night. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I get I get them I've been sitting here I probably got some. I mean I get I get those all the time. Yeah. Um, it was a, it was a pretty ring. <laughs> <laughs> so that happens and um that it's a harder way to go. Sure. So it, ideally if start start the conversation um, and do so with some basic information. It doesn't need to be a full pitch deck. Just mm-hmm. really simple. What does your business do? What's the problem you're solving? What's your solution? And kind of where are you with that? Mm-hmm. It could be really simple just for that initial conversation. But maybe taking a step forward, how that conversation starts, honestly, I think is the bigger challenge and, and to get right. Mm-hmm. And so the best way to do it, at least to approach me and I, my partners, and honestly, I could speak for a lot of VCs that I've worked with over the last 20 years. You're doing so via some kind of warm introduction, mm-hmm. the best that you possibly can. Mm-hmm. It's not always possible, but LinkedIn is a great tool to you know start to just see the connections and mm-hmm. find somebody that may have some connection to the VC that you're trying to reach. I, mm-hmm. um, you know, I personally the way I use LinkedIn, I try to only accept connections of people that I actually know. Mm. But even then, it's like thousands mm-hmm. of people. So mm-hmm. like, the, there's a, still a, an opportunity. Sure. F- you know, there are a lot of ways to potentially get into me just from LinkedIn mm-hmm. or other folks here in the community. Some VCs use it as a filter for two reasons. One, it's a little bit of a credibility. It's mm-hmm. like, okay, you mm-hmm. know, I, I trust, like when you send me deals, Carrie sends me deals. And I always <laughs> the look at- The secret's out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but you send me things, I look at them right away because uh, I, I know like the stamp of your kind of quality and criteria, and like you know what I want. Mm. So I'm going to look at those right away. And I have a lot of other you know friends that I'm going to look at their sure. deals uh, in, in that sort of manner. That's a that's a big help. The other piece of it is like, well, all right, this entrepreneur. I mean, the way I look at it, if they're trying to win a customer, mm-hmm. they may not always have the contact details mm-hmm. of getting to that person with the buying decision if you know, for that software product that they're trying to sell how does that entrepreneur succeed in getting to that customer and if they are sending blanket emails like dear sir yep. you know I, I have a solution for your problem sort of thing you know those emails aren't going to be successful in winning a customer mm. you, know, you have to demonstrate the hustle to and creativity often to win a customer mm-hmm. and in this case we're kind of a customer mm. or certainly for, a proxy for it right Yes. For capital. And I, I think you get a little bit of like, or how does this, it, it's kind of like that first test. It's like, well, how did they get to me? And I'm thinking, all right, th- this is what they did getting to me. I can get a read of what they're going to be like with customers mm-hmm. and how successful they may be in those early phases of winning those first customers uh, when it's it's a hard sell. You know, you're a new company with an unproven product. You know, our company's going to bet, you know, their reputation or operational uh, challenges or risks that they may experience by taking on your product that may or may not work mm-hmm. or mess up whatever mm-hmm. else is in their tech stack, you, you have to be smooth about it. And you know the way you get in front of people is important. Now, mm-hmm. I, I, some people I've heard some critiques of that, saying, "Oh, it's you know the I'll call it the old boys network or whatever." Like, "Oh, you only talk to friends of friends." No, it's it's not that. I mean, again, there are ways around sure. that, but you know, again, our networks are pretty public. Mm-hmm. You know, we do public events and we're out there. You know, I have done a deal where someone came up to me after I came off stage from being on a panel and they pitched me on the spot. You know, there are ten people lined mm-hmm. up and the guy pitched me and I ended up doing the deal. 
Uh, you know, it took months and months mm-hmm. to, to get comfortable mm-hmm. and do it. But, like, we will do things in those situations sure. that are not completely, you know, not approachable. And there's not only one way to do it. Uh, but that, I think, is the best. Yeah, and I think the the key there to distinguish, just to be clear, because I don't want people to, to lump you in on that, that quote-unquote old boys network mm-hmm. sort of idea, is I because I, I think of it exactly the same way, which is... This is a this is the interpretation. I'm I, the way I'm treated, the way I treat others, whether it's an investor or a customer or a team member or anyone, a partner, is going to be an evaluation of is this somebody that I feel like really understands how to how to build this, how to scale this. Mm-hmm. Do do they are they empathetic? Um, because that you know that those all factor in yeah those all factor in so i i think that's the key thing is if you demonstrate creativity and respect and and the kinds of things that you know a customer is going to want that a team member is going to want that, that yeah and even just personalization i mean i think right. that was the other piece i wanted to add if, if people if it's clear in their first sentence or two that they actually looked at our firm's website that's right and they understand some of the deals that we've done in the yes. past or they know that we're even in orange county that's right because I, I i have a lot of i answer every email i i actually maybe shouldn't say there's probably someone out there that's like you didn't sure. answer my email yeah. but if, if people mention they're local mm-hmm. even if i know there's no chance like it, it's like yes. it'd be a hair salon or something like a deal we're never going to do because mm-hmm. we're tech investors i have nothing against right. hair salons right. but i'll respond to all of those mm-hmm. uh because you know, i want to give feedback for yep. folks in the community try to point them in the right direction yes. something because mm-hmm. you know because i care about the people that are local yes. so i think if you personalize your messages whether it's not just to our firm but i think any vc you're talking mm-hmm. to make it clear that like you understand who they are what their background might be you did the again it could take 30 seconds mm-hmm. and all this information is very available everyone's bios on websites mm-hmm. everyone has a linkedin you can really quickly get a sense of what people have done and how you may or may not fit in mm-hmm. or find some hook even if it's you know we were joking before we came on the air about universities. You know, I went to University of Notre Dame. Mm-hmm. There are a lot of USC fans around here that don't mm-hmm. like Notre Dame, even if they call out of the gate sure. like your school sucks or whatever. Like yes. I, I, that gets my attention. I'll exactly. be like, okay, yeah, they paid attention. I'm going to see what mm-hmm. this is, what this girl has to say. So yeah, yeah, there's a lot of ways to do it. Yeah, I agree. I think there's a lot of a great wisdom in there, and just it's not a spray and pray. And you'll hear, of course, examples of people who said, "I sent a thousand cold emails to." investors and i got two to respond and they ended up investing so there's always Mm. going to be exceptions but in general i think you're you're spot on that it's about treating them you know whether it's a think about it as a customer or as a a long-term relationship i I often say investor relationships uh, are probably harder to unwind Mm. than a marriage yeah. So yeah. it's like getting married, but I would say it may even be more than getting married in yep. in this day and age as yep. far as how to how to separate things if it doesn't go well. And so, yep. you know, coming in in the right way is uh, is so key. And and you know, the, if you're the entrepreneur, even just deciding who you want to be in business with is really really critical yeah and even if you know for folks that you know maybe we're trying to raise capital now and they're like look i can't start the conversation with vcs you know six you know, i can't re- i can't take back the clock mm-hmm. you know and start six months ago and, and you know have these casual conversations mm-hmm. you can even still do that in a compressed time frame mm-hmm. where it's like make that first intro maybe it's not the pitch deck like hey here's here's who i am here's what i'm doing would love to talk to you mm-hmm. 
you know, kind of start there. You, you know, and again, sometimes they may or may not get a response from those, but that at least starts it. And yes. then, you know, when you do hit them with your deck and here's our ask, you know, we're looking for $2 million to do X, Y, and Z. You, you've at least primed the pump a little bit, mm-hmm. even if it was an unanswered email, mm-hmm. but they probably saw it. Uh, and that can help. Mm-hmm. That, that great, great advice in there. So let's, uh, we've got a few more minutes left. Let's, let's talk a little bit about Orange County. Mm-hmm. I know you guys are broadly across the region. Um, there's a lot of great efforts underway to really connect Southern California because there are incredible opportunities across the entire region. Uh, one of my concerns always is that if Orange County doesn't distinguish itself, we're sort of just going to get I'll call it table scraps between LA and San Diego, which have much more prominent names and and presence Mm -hmm. uh, on the global scale. So as you think about Orange County and what distinguishes it in your mind, what are the things that you feel like over the next five to 10 years, whether it's industry segments or things in our world, we're both very much in the tech world. What are the things that you think distinguish Orange County or the things that you feel like we should be focusing on as a innovation community yeah so cybersecurity is the first one that jumps to mind i mean we've had i mentioned crowdstrike earlier uh we have a couple cybersecurity uh other cybersecurity companies in our portfolio uh here in orange county and and we see more coming uh it's a nice legacy of the crowdstrikes and silences and the obsidian folks here that are rolling but there's been a number of strong cybersecurity companies here and we see the big potential there. And UCI here is a center of excellence for cybersecurity. So there's just some great minds mm-hmm. here. We haven't maximized that potential mm-hmm. yet mm-hmm. in terms of pulling that all together. But uh, the pieces are there and it's starting to happen. Um, and, you know, I, I had the CEO of one of the, the big companies over at my house the other day and, and you know, he's plotting his next move. And I, I love it that, you know, you're now seeing is kind of what needs to happen is you have mm-hmm. these people who had the success of not only now they're pretty well off, they have plenty of capital, mm-hmm. but they had, more importantly, they had the experience and the network mm-hmm. to be, to very efficiently you know, replicate that. And usually it's not just in one thing They kind of spread themselves across a few. And I've seen that in other ecosystems and that's starting to happen here. I'm really excited about mm-hmm. that. Um, so cybersecurity is one property tech is another one. Anyway, talk about real estate. Mm-hmm. This is a great place to do a prop tech business. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're actually moving one from LA down here uh, to Orange County. Uh, they're taking up a lease here really soon uh, down in San Clemente. We there are a huge there's a huge customer base of all these big mm-hmm. real estate mm-hmm. firms here. Mm-hmm. So if you want to be close to your customers, this is a great place to have a prop tech business. Mm-hmm. And then uh, consumer products is an area that makes a lot of sense uh, for this region. It's just been a, a stronghold. Uh, in this area for a long time, going back from like the surf and skate and lifestyle mm-hmm. brands, but like mm-hmm. you know the experience and skill set of understanding how to build a brand, understanding how to manage supply chains. You know there are some people who really know how to build and make and scale products mm-hmm. and, and run premium brands here in Orange County, and uh, you know we've got one of those in our portfolio, and and you know those are ones that we're open to. Uh, but I think that's an area that can continue to keep growing. And then the last piece I would just say is kind of in the the IoT mixture of of a uh, blend of hardware and software solutions, mm-hmm. um, which you know, could also fit on the consumer product side yes. too, right? Where you have sort of smarter products, yes. kind of like Mophie uh, or or two of of things where you have hardware and software embedded. 
Yeah. yeah, yeah, you have the ability to you know, do so much now with these mm-hmm. consumer products, but, I've it, seen but usually there's some software well. element mm-hmm. to it yes. that's required. So you marrying those things together, but um, yeah, this is we're well suited to do well in that here, and just to pull from LA and San Diego. I mean, that was one thing when Mophie actually started in Kalamazoo, Michigan, mm-hmm. and we were very deliberate about choosing Orange County as our eventual headquarters. Mm-hmm. I mean, we realized once we got to about you know 30 million or so in revenue we couldn't have a global consumer grow and scale a global consumer electronics company from Kalamazoo Michigan mm-hmm. we just absolutely could not get the talent that we needed mm-hmm. there it's a you know, town of like 80,000 people mm-hmm. and then it's surrounded by like you know 30 miles of of beautiful nothingness mm-hmm. so you know, we needed to move the headquarters somewhere to take advantage of our opportunity so we chose Orange County one because we wanted the talent base that was here in Orange mm-hmm. County Two, it's an amazing place to live. And three, for access to talent, you know, we were pulling people from L.A., from North County, uh, and then obviously here in Orange County, even the Inland Empire. But it was a great pool to draw upon. Mm-hmm. I know a number. you hear a lot of startups complain about uh, access to talent. It can be really hard. And I do think for software developers, no matter where you are on the planet, it's hard. It's hard right now. Period. But like for a lot of the other roles, uh, other operational roles or other pieces, you're building a business. I mean, Mophie went from uh, 60 employees to over 300 employees mm-hmm. in, in two years. And we didn't really have a challenge finding great talent doing so from here in Orange County. Mm-hmm. I mean, great talent. I've, I've learned great talent knows other great talent. And you, you got to just get that. Mm-hmm. Uh, the story and the culture and the opportunity clear and i i'm i've been pretty vocal about this i i think orange county has amazing talent and a lot of it's not fully utilized a lot of people just don't see better alternatives than what they're doing so mm-hmm. our job as investors and entrepreneurs is to go create really compelling change the world opportunities that these folks here will will absolutely gravitate to. So yes. I, I believe that to my core. Yep. I completely agree. So Paul just giving me the time sign over here, which is always the worst part of my day, Jeff, because <laughs> um, I, I love these conversations and, and I always want them to go longer than, than they should. So what is it about Orange County that you most appreciate? You've been here now for, what, about five years? Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, what what do you most appreciate about it? I mean, just personally, you know, it's... A, so I've lived in you know in London, in Michigan, Santa Monica, mm-hmm. East Coast, and the D.C. area. I've lived a lot of places. I absolutely love it here and won't be leaving. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I have four kids. This is just a phenomenal place to to uh, raise a family. I mean, the weather aside, I, I love that you can have a lot of the amenities of a big city. Uh, without feeling like you're necessarily smushed in a big city or dealing with all the traffic. I mean, mm-hmm. just the other night I went to the. the this can make it sound like I'm more cultured than I am, but we were at like the symphony at the Seagram mm. <laughs> Center, and uh, you know we saw this world class performer, mm-hmm. and then we left it and we're home in like 12 minutes, yeah. and you know you couldn't do that. We, we live in Santa Monica and we had access to incredible mm-hmm. things, but like just. Yeah, everything took forever. Uh, it's like and, a three-day trip to downtown LA, right? <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> yeah. So it's um, we, from a lifestyle standpoint, that's sure. been great. And yeah, I love surfing too. So like getting, being able to be near the beach and the water. Mm-hmm. So you know, from a personal standpoint, that's why I really love. From a professional standpoint, I just love the uh, the opportunity. Uh, you know, it's something that I'm pitching to my investors all the time. You know, there is 
and this is selfishly from our standpoint, you know, there is because there is this lack of capital of, of seed stage local, you know, early stage capital. You know, I feel like at our firm we have a little bit of an unfair advantage where there's more opportunity than there are dollars. Mm-hmm. So we get a, to choose a lot of great opportunities. And I think it's gonna, that's trend's going to happen for a long time. The opportunities are building and growing here. Mm-hmm. The pieces are coming together, and the capital's lagging. Uh, so from a you know, business opportunity, I feel like this is a great spot to do venture capital from for mm-hmm. uh, you know, another 10 to 20 years. And that's what I am plan on doing mm-hmm. you know, for the rest of my career. So I, I'm just, I feel like I'm really well suited, not only in a beautiful place, but professionally in a place that uh, can be very you know, successful mm-hmm. uh, in backing the entrepreneurs that you know, can live up to their fullest potential and, and building the businesses they want to build, which is that that's why well, I do what I do. I, I, I love winning you. We co- we coach basketball to, mm-hmm. and, you know, got to coach against each other and share the same court for practice. And, you know, I, I, I love competition. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's one of my favorite things about venture capital is, you know, I have all these teams that are out there that are kind of playing the game. Mm-hmm. And, and I love when people win mm-hmm. and when it's the entrepreneurs that are working so hard and putting, you know, they're all in on these big opportunities. And, I want nothing more than for them to experience that success that they're working Absolutely. so hard for and um, and to just to realize the visions that they, they are maniacal about. And um, so doing that here and supporting those folks is what I really want to do. Yeah, thank you for that perspective. It's so, so great. So two more questions. One, how do you keep yourself... I mean, change is just happening so rapidly. Mm. We're, we live in this tech world. You know, what what are the things that you do to keep yourself sharp and, and sort of up on what's happening yeah gosh I, I, this is where i wish i had more time mm-hmm. in the day to just to read and listen to more podcasts and kind of consume more content there's so much out there and i, I think that's been really helpful but honestly the the way that i get to do it and and i'm really blessed to, to do it is you know i get all these great business plans sent to me mm-hmm. every day and it's from innovative people who are trying to solve big problems in innovative ways and and honestly sometimes i can you know choose a couple of those to try to geek out on and really understand i mean they're ones that we want to potentially invest into mm-hmm. but it's really when i'm taking these deep dives into these companies and understanding the you know what is unique and different about these companies how are they going about their solution in a new or different way or what are some of these you know a lot of these people are you know these very forward thinking people who are mm-hmm. thinking about they're kind of playing things forward like here's going to be the problem that needs to be solved three years from now or whatever it may be and just getting to have those conversations with folks and sharing mm-hmm. uh or yeah, i guess really absorbing some of their ideas and and kind of kicking around ways of like all right how do we create a real business out of this mm-hmm. i mean i get to do it every day yep. so i guess that's not something great for other people to replicate um unless they're in at a venture firm but that's the that's my favorite part of my job that's awesome well Final lap, I always let the you know final word be piece of advice, key lesson you've learned. So as you think about these growing group of entrepreneurs here in Orange County, what's a piece of advice or key lesson you'd love to impart to them today? Yeah, um, I guess there's. I'll do two quick ones. One, you know, venture capital is not for everybody. Yes, and I, I know it could be. There's a lot of media and press about it and great you PR. great PR and like big people see Facebook or whatever and they, there are a lot of big companies that have become big and they raise venture capital mm-hmm. funding but venture is not for everybody mm-hmm. so and that's maybe a separate podcast but like mm-hmm. you know focus on you know is your company a good fit for venture is kind of the first mm-hmm. thing that you know mm-hmm. for entrepreneurs maybe understand because it really can dictate 
uh, I see people kind of get themselves down a, the wrong path sometimes, and it, it can be talk about unwinding things. It can be pretty hard to unwind when they think that they're going to be set up to raise venture funding, and, and maybe it's never really going to happen because they don't really have a, a business that's well-suited for venture capital. So one, I would just really think about your financing strategy early before you take a penny from anybody mm-hmm. to try to understand, all right, this is one step across the stream. Where am I, you know, where do I want to get to on the other side? Mm-hmm. And really understand, does, is that, does that step make sense for you to where you think you want to go. And two, and this is one I just give to co- uh, founders all the time, build a team at early as early as you can and, and be really thoughtful about the person that you're bringing on board. We talked about, you know, mm-hmm. things are like a marriage, but I've just found in my experience of working with companies, it's, it's rare that a single entrepreneur mm-hmm. um, who then is a chief with lots of, little, with lots of, with mm-hmm. lots of Indians that are kind of at their beck and call, I don't see that person succeeding all that well, yeah, off, all that often. Very rare, very rare. It's usually, a, there is a team of people, even if it's a duo, it could be just two yes. people, but it, it, two, three, four co-founders who out of the gate are in it as just as well as you're in it, mm-hmm. uh, where they share that same passion, um, they have that alignment of interest, and um, and ideally they can um, bend, you know, you know, cover your weaknesses mm-hmm. and add some strengths where you mm-hmm. don't have some and like mm-hmm. where it's those teams that end up thriving the most and you know, startups are so so hard mm-hmm. and doing it on your own is just such a challenge period and having folks that are there kind of you know, getting through that early grind with you mm-hmm. is just so critical so um you know a lot of people end up kind of taking partners of convenience where you know mm-hmm. they show up at a meetup or whatever and it's like mm-hmm. someone's unemployed and they're available yeah. i'll just take them yeah, somebody who will talk to them is right yeah, and exactly. like i just those usually don't work well um, just as this you know you know meeting someone randomly at a Starbucks is probably not going to be your sure. you know your your marital partner long term yes. you know just randomly so be really deliberate and thoughtful on building those early teams and do it earlier than later mm-hmm. that's great well Jeff thank you so much for joining me today and and sharing so much there's so much gold in this conversation that I think we'll be able to pull out and I know that the audience will have a lot of uh, positive takeaways and, and really lessons to learn. So thank you for joining. Thanks for all you're doing here in the community. And I, I definitely think we want to go deeper on this whole topic of what you learned from the experience of Michigan. Mm. How do we how do we apply some of that here? Because I think there's so much that we can take away. So good luck with the fundraising and closing fund four. And uh, I look forward to collaborations that we're going to have going forward. And and thanks for all you're doing to help accelerate OC. Likewise. Thank you. And this is tremendous what you're up to. So I love it. Thank you. You've just listened to Accelerate OC. Join our live recordings every Tuesday morning at accelerateoc.com or listen, like, and share anytime from your favorite podcast spot. Let's accelerate OC together. 